Hello, and welcome to People First Merseyside Podcast. This episode is about the People First Merseyside members talking about their personal experiences with grief after loss. Because of the sensitivity of the subject matter, there are some scenes that viewers may find distressing. So if the contents of the episode become too much to handle, we advise viewers to stop listening. The first member we will be hearing from will be Phil. Good morning, my name is Phil and I'm here to talk about bereavement. For, for, quite, for quite some time, uh, I, I had no experience or opportunities to um, give my last goodbyes to uh, my family or my past friends. Uh, probably up until the end of the, the millennium to the beginning. Um, uh, it probably hurt all of us as individuals with learning disabilities um, because we, we should have been able to attend our family or friends' funeral to give our last goodbyes. Um, but that all changed come uh, the, uh, within the millennium because when these opportunities happened when people passed away we were given opportunities to attend a person's funeral or family um, and it was it was it was quite moving, touching, to actually know what happens at a funeral or cremation when someone passes away. Um, I have been given, probably within 20 years, the opportunity to uh, attend these venues and grieve over the, the people. Um, and towards people grieving or breathing over loved ones or close friends, it does take time, periods of time. It could be because we're all different. Uh, we we breathe in different ways, and for for some. For some people, it, it, they, they, they will accept it, but for some it could take a long time, maybe not never, uh, or a period of time, or never never. I, I have lost my, uh, when, I, when, when, when I shortly went into care in my past about, about a couple of years after I moved my nan and granddad passed away not not together but different periods of time uh, within each other and due to my distance from where I originally come from which is Luton 
to where I was living, which is Merseyside. Um, uh, it was a long distance to actually pick me up, take me down to Luton and send me funeral. Um, uh, but even though I may not have attended that funeral, I I was there in spirit for 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 for, for both of them, as well as from then to now. Obviously, uh, people that that's come and gone within uh, then. Um, now looking at it now, these people will never go away from me. They are always there in my heart and uh, they will never be forgotten and I always think of them daily. Then, not really understanding it, but just accepting, but I was never forgotten, if you know what I mean. Um, I, was, I was there, but I wasn't. I, I, I might have been absent, but uh, those, my family, uh, members uh, uh, understood the situation of why. So, um, uh, but even to this day, probably I may I may be talking out of line or whatever. But towards people with learning disabilities. It has improved, but still, um, people with learning disabilities have the right to actually attend funerals or services towards um, the people around them to actually attend and say their goodbyes. We will now listen to Lisa's experience. Uh, the person I lost that had the most impact in me of me, uh, it was my dad. Um, he died in 98 when I was 16 uh, on my last day of senior school. And um, because I didn't know what death meant back then, I was just like most people. I was just like going through life. I've lost pets and whatever, but never really a person. Um, and the most important person sometimes the people. Um, so it, when he died, my mum was out, um, and my dad was. I was upstairs being a moody teenager. And I came downstairs to go to the toilet, um, and I went back upstairs, and my dad. I can't remember what he said to me, but I kind of, I can sort of regret it now. But I kind of went, oh, shrug that. Go away, hate you. <laughs> slamming the door behind, slamming the living room door behind me, going, hey, you, you know, stop. And ran back upstairs being a very moody teenager, because I was only 16 at the time. So, um, and that's the last words I said to my dad before he died on the toilet, of a heart attack. Um, and my younger sister, who was four at the time, found him. Because um, my dad always used to go on the toilet with the paper, so he always used to take the paper in. Because uh, <laughs> the only place he could get a bit of peace, he said. <laughs> so he used to take the paper in, take it ages. 
used to meet sister ran up to, up the stairs and said my dad's on the floor in the bathroom what do I do and said oh he's not stop it like he's not right <laughs> so yeah he is he is he's come down so I came down and because I couldn't open the door I tried to break the, the bathroom door down and um, I couldn't break it down so I went round to the outside to the window and he was on the floor so um, he so I told Elaine to go next door to get because there was luckily there was a fireman next door and I didn't know what shift he was on or what but I knew he was a fireman so and he came in and because he, he's a fireman so he knows the right way to knock doors down whatever <laughs> so with one kick he, he completely knocked the door down damaged it <laughs> and got in and like phoned the ambulance and whatever the next door neighbour phoned the ambulance um, yeah I was very angry because I didn't understand what death meant um, my mum just came in and yeah no sorry um, when my mum got old and she obviously came to the hospital and whatever and when she came back, um, she said, I kind of said, I said, where's my dad? And she said, oh, he's dead. But I seen my dad go off in an ambulance. And a week before, my brother broke his arm. So, and he went off in an ambulance. But I associated that with my brother going, and then he came back and I was like, oh, okay then. So, um. So I yeah I associated that with my brother going off in the ambulance and then coming back and I'll be fine. And then when my dad, my mum, sorry, my mum came in and said, oh, he's dead. And I didn't know what that meant. I was like, well, what does that mean? And she couldn't really explain it to me. So she went, oh, you never see him again. So I was just like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? So I was very angry for a lot of my teenage years very very angry i hated the world hated because i couldn't really process my emotions that's the still things i've got today i still can't really process my emotions that well and it comes out in like me being sarcastic sometimes or me like because i can't really i've never been taught to deal with my emotions, I've never been taught this is anger, this is happiness, this is whatever. I've never been taught that. So um going through my teenage years I was like I said very angry and my mum couldn't cope with me so she sent me to my nan's and lived with my nan for a bit until I moved to college. Um and then still very angry at the world still very until yeah i went to college and they kind of mellowed me out a bit and kind of explained it in a way that i could understand and now i feel i feel now i've had counseling and i'm going to do a counseling course hopefully in september yeah i'm hopefully going to um help people because I want to do 
grief counselling for people with learning and physical learning physical and severe learning disabilities complex needs because I believe I believe off my experience then if I've never been taught what death is then how does other people and other people's families not just the people how do other people's families cope and tell the their son and daughter then their their favourite person in the world's dad. So I want to go to college to learn how to do that so I can be that person that I never had. We will now listen to Nicola's experience. I'm Nicola I'm going to talk about this. My mum's sister who died in May this year. She died in a nursing home. And the day before my mum, my dad, her sister and her, her brother-in-law all went out to the, the flat to see her, which wouldn't recognise us. And then the Friday afternoon, we got a phone call to say that she died. I was sad, crying, and we couldn't even go to any funeral. None of us, it was sad. So what we're going to do is, once it's once we know, we can all go for a meal, just a family meal. Mm. And I've, I'm, me, 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 my sister, me, my brother, me, me cousin, and my nephew, <laughs> the other cousin, we're all going to go for a meal. And I'm, I'm, I've got a plan for for getting up. We will now listen to Michael's experience. My <laughs> On Boxing Day. Yeah. She doesn't love the parents that does everything for me. Mm. You don't know how to day. When to wait me and so we left the phone, the fire So they tell and so Love We don't know the We in we like. Hello, for a day, I'm 
We will now listen to Paul Walsh's experience. Yeah, I'm Paul Walsh. Um, I want to talk about my mum. My mum died of cancer. Um, it's very hard. I, I can't cope without my mum being an Australian. Find her upsetting. I've got my dad or my sister to talk to, but I really do miss my mum and then talk to my friends and people first, or the staff if I want to talk about things. Mum died of cancer. Mum died at home. Um, slept in a hospital bed downstairs. Mum lost the use of her legs. I took time off people's first for about a month. Looked after my mum, I was like my mum's carer. Pushed her, pushed her up to the Marion Square to do some shopping and come back and have our dinner in the kitchen. And, uh, the house is not the same without my mum in it. I still think of my mum in the house with me. So she's with me as I speak now, I think. She'll want me to enjoy my life, but got a big picture of my mum. I say good morning to my mum and good, say good night to my mum. I think my dad and my sister miss my mum as well. So I do, I really do miss my mum a good deal. About eight years ago, I think. So it's a long time, it's just a bit of a short time now, isn't it? Mum was like my best friend as well and can I just mention about my mum wanted to my dad to drive my mum abroad and we drove to an island in Greece called Parga and we stayed in had a night in France, had a night in Italy and stayed in Italy and France on our way back and it took us a few days to drive there and so of the experience it's very nice so my dad would like to drive abroad again sometime, but I don't know when that's going to be. We will now listen to Leslie's experience. My sister, Betty Knight, and a lovely person, and went to, went to Bruno, and we did the path away in Manchester. In, Man in Manchester, the three, three uh, grandchildren, three grandchildren, uh, and two, two boys and one daughter, Nicola, um, Joe, a lad named Joe, um, Anthony, uh, lad named Anthony, and a uh, uh, daughter named Nicola, and a and, uh, little children, a uh, grandchildren named Jetty, Ada, and a very 
grandchildren meet at the alley, the first grandchild, and, and a, a nice day in a funeral uh, in the fray, a nice a day, loads of people went, and I don't like Jennifer, I don't like thought about death or anything. And a lovely day, and the wife, then uh, my niece and my nephew brought it in the bar, and a white door, and a, a lovely day, and and flame mood, flame mood day, and a flame mood day is it's on it, I don't know what I don't it's on play it it's on time um Motown Moody and Edgy Year is birthday don't send them free but my mum put flattered on the fray on the and I buy the big balloon the day after the birthday from Love from Leslie. Think about it and on like that. We will now listen to Karen's experience. Hello, my name's Karen, and my mum died when she was 80 in hospital. She has an 80th birthday in hospital. We all celebrated birth. Um, she was a lovely person. Uh, I just can't believe she's gone. Uh, me and my brother had a, a good send-off for, for it. Um, when I went to the funeral, uh, I, I just passed out. We didn't think I'd make it to the funeral, but I did. And also, like I said, she used to love like Tina Turner music, uh, Celine Dion, all lovely music. A music she used to like tipping points, no deal, all the quiz shows and all that she likes. Um, like I said, miss her so much. I, I just really can't believe she's gone because she was so active. Um, like I said, I just um well, I just don't know. Why she went. And that made me brother. I just don't. And she had two grandchildren and she loved them to bits. We will now listen to Jade's experience. My great grandma was ninety-nine when she died. My great-grandma was called Margaret Lillian Grimes, but everyone called her Lil, because she hates the name Margaret. And she died the 22nd of February 2015. She died in sleep. She had no pain. I went to hers every Saturday just to see how she is, to talk to her. And I was on the phone every day to tell her it's going to be cold outside, so keep to make sure you keep warm. 
she used to make me homemade rice pudding. When I, I didn't like it at first when I was a child because it was like the skin was horrible, but I got used to liking it. My great grandma was a loving, caring person. She was from Ireland, Northern Ireland. Losing, when I got found out she died, it broke me because she was the only person I'd spoken to. So I went to a funeral, went to the back, back to the church, and when I saw the funeral, when I saw her going in the funeral car, it broke me for like weeks and weeks. She liked Elvis Presley, don't know why. But yeah, she was a lovely person. It's been times where I just want to pick up the phone and talk to her about how the the weather is and to keep, I keep saying to keep warm but then she likes everything, don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, she was a great person. We will now listen to Patrick's experience. Right, um, the person we're going to talk about and she's hard woman, she's really good. And uh, when I was born and all that, she was she she didn't she did she it went she didn't have what every woman has got. She had a, a bit of epilepsy and elephantitis and things like that. That's what her name. Her name was Amanda Burke, and uh, then she had me in St Helens. I was I was born in St Helens and. From the social service took us away, but we only see the mum once a week or once a month. And when I did see her, I loved her that much. It was really, really nice. And um, then the times when I did see her monthly in them weeks, in them months or whatever it were, I loved to see her. I loved to see her an awful lot. And when she died, she died in Wales. And I did go to the funeral because when in that time you weren't allowed to, people would learn to say, can't go to my funeral or that funeral or anything like that, which I thought was wrong. So what I did, I got a wrecked St. George, just smashed the television up, smashed all the furniture up, smashed all the furniture, and there was a fish tank there, so I put the fish tank, all the fish tank. As I put everything through the windows as well. So I had a really bad temper, and anybody would come near me, I would batter. I would hit them really hard, and, you know, because the frustration then, it weren't, it was there, but nobody, nobody seen it. And everything what I did, it was all in bad temper. It weren't um, a part of me, because they told me two months ago when mum died, and she died in the, in the first week. I didn't get told nothing for them two months. And when I got told, I was angry over that because everything in St. George got, went smashed, got broken up, I wrecked St. George completely. And that was what I did. And then later on, in the, in, later on the doctor said he's got mental health, he's got learning disability, got all this and all that. It wasn't that what I was thinking about. It was, what mum was, why didn't, why didn't it tell me about mum? Why didn't it tell me about mum? And that's what it should have done. Because I would have wanted to go to the funeral, but I don't know if she got buried or cremated. You know, it's just one of them things. 
We will now listen to Emma's experience. Hi, my name's Emma and I like to talk about my nan I lost six years ago on my birthday. And um, it was on my birthday and I went to my nan's with my mum and I f- and the blinds closed and I tried to press the doorbell. I was sad, telecom, and she went answering, I saw, so I'd gone again and she still went answering and her blinds closed, so we had to get someone to let us in. So we went up and um, they let us in Nan's flat and she was on the on the chair like that, on the chair like that, and something's odd about it. Her lips was purple, and I knew she was gone because I checked her pulse on her neck and on her wrist, and it's not <coughs> it stopped beating. So um, she was dead cold. So after. In the ambulance, and they came, and the coroner said to take her body away, and I had to see her body put in the black bags with the zipped up, and we had to stay there to um, tell the family, the rest of the family about her, and and then after that, we try to get everything sorted for the funeral and that. Sort of ages because we have to do post mortem on her, how come she died, but she died on natural causes. So I, I was here, I, I came back here after she died to um, I know she'll be coming in, people's first told me she should stay at home and, and mourn, but I don't want to look at four walls. And when I come here to get my mind off things, and then I started to have a breakdown in front of the members and the staff. It was in that office when that happened. Um, before we got moved back to the office. So, um, and it was Karen Brunscale at the time who was comforting me. And she told the members, she said, Do you want me to tell the members what happened? I said, Yeah, of course. So all the members support me at the time, and um, I struggled with things because I got so distracted. And after a few, when the day of of a funeral, um, I cried again because I like going to funerals, but it's not a good thing to go to to watch your loved one getting buried right in front of you because. After pass, I couldn't go to my cousin's funeral and that because I was too young and I had a learning disability and I couldn't understand about death and dying at the time because I was so young and I didn't want to go anyway because um, I didn't understand it and it, might, uh, it would scare me because I didn't understand it back then but I started going to them now. And I do understand since I started doing this David project nearly five years ago now. And um, so to after 
when I got buried, I I promised the forty dads that um I I will go and see you when you pass away. So I went to see her, went to see her, just for every month, every day, every month for six months, cause she was a solo mate, and she she was um confiding me in things, and I took a shop and I looked after her. Plus my mum and I was working and stuff like that and I came here at the same time and um, I got over it, I got over it now but um, on a Wednesday I used to go to work every Wednesday before I came here but when I started I, I was half a day but I was here it was first and then I started going full time as a member but it was dead hard to talk about it. That's why I never celebrate my birthday after that. Because I lo lost my nan and I got, I still got my birthday cards, my last birthday cards offer. I still got that and I still got um, stuff I got given to offer. I framed them, framed them and I got pictures while she capped off me when I was little so I I heritage that because I want pictures off me off her so yeah so um I got over it a bit and I started going to the cemetery now but it took me a long time. I would like to thank all the beautiful first Minnesota members that took part in this episode as talking about the people that you've lost in your lifetime is definitely not one of the easiest things to do. And for you listeners, I would like to thank you for listening all the way to the end of this episode. It's a hard subject to listen to, but it's a natural part of life, and we shouldn't ignore it. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode on Friday. Goodbye.